on each visit during the call process. Each time that I got to come to this space, I would stand in this pulpit and I would pray to God, that God would direct my steps, that God would indeed be in the midst of every bit of the call process. So I've been in this sanctuary when it's relatively empty. This morning we have a number of people helping us to be led in worship. And I so wish that you could be here in this space. There will be a time in the future when that can happen. And we will gather and we will sing God's praises together. But I'm grateful for the hard work of your staff here. For the ways in which we are able to be with you virtually in this time of worship. To gather around scripture and to learn a bit of God's love for each of us and for the world. So we just heard a lesson from the gospel. And now we hear our second lesson from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. It's Ephesians chapter 3. So I invite you to grab your Bible and turn to the third chapter or on your phone, go to your favorite Bible app. We will read together Ephesians 3, beginning in the 14th verse. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so, beloved, we begin our journey together exploring Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. If you've watched any of the onboarding videos, you know this is one of my favorite passages. Paul's prayer for that church in the midst of a new season. This group of believers trying to figure out what it means to live in divine community with one another. This group of believers trying to figure out how to move through the world, trying to figure out what it looks like to love and follow faithfully in the ways of Jesus the Christ. Paul prays for this community in the midst of their new life together. We would do well to pay attention to Paul's prayer to the church. He begins, he begins in this way. I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Paul begins with the radical inclusion of God. Every family on earth and in heaven. The God to whom I am praying on your behalf is the God of all creation. No one is left out. Everyone is covered by the love of this God. 
No one neglected. No one forgotten. He begins this way, of course, so they might be rooted in how large and expansive this God is that they will worship. Indeed, all-encompassing. And then he moves to his hope that the Spirit of God would strengthen them. See, Paul knows something about what it means to be the church. To be of courageous witness in the world takes strength and fortitude. It takes strength and fortitude that is actually beyond the grasp of each of us, but not beyond the grasp of the Spirit of God. And so Paul hopes for that spirit to enliven them and strengthen them to navigate the road ahead. And then he reminds them of the foundation on which their church, and indeed the church, the foundation on which their community is built, it is rooted and grounded in love. There is this description then, this description of what it means to be blessed in mind and in soul. He talks about comprehension. Of course, our, our minds, our souls, these are the places where we have the ability to comprehend. But then he lays out a measurement to this community. He describes depth and breadth, length and height. What I imagine as Paul is describing that love of God is all of the things that are hidden within those measurements. Hidden within the depth and the breadth, the length and the height of God's love is justice. Hidden within it is peace. Hidden within it is equity, advocacy, patience, hope, and joy. He wishes them the fullness of this and all that God might offer. And then he concludes by ascribing to God that which was and will forever be God's, and that is glory. Glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Glory throughout all time and space. Glory. Ascribe it back, he says. As I reflected on this scripture this week, reflected anew in a new place, in a new context, from a new pulpit. It struck me that perhaps more than any other person, Paul understood the vastness of the possibilities of God's love at work through the church in Ephesus. He knew how God could work through this group of followers, these people of the way. He knew the transformation that Christ could author in them and through them. He knew that even their most expansive dreaming could not approach the vastness of what God could accomplish through them. Paul knew the possibilities of a faithful group of followers of Christ because Paul knew the possibilities of the love of God. On Monday morning, as I made my way to the church for my first official day, a dear friend shared a blessing penned by one of my favorite priestly poets, John O'Donohue. 
before making my way into the Jones building, I sat in my truck and I read these words from O'Donohue's blessing for a new position. May your new work excite your heart. Kindle in your mind creativity to journey beyond the old limits of all that has become wearisome. May this work challenge you toward new frontiers that will emerge as you begin to approach them, calling forth from you the full force and depth of your undiscovered gifts. May the work fit the rhythms of your soul, enabling you to draw from the invisible new ideas and a vision that will inspire. I imagined O'Donohue's Irish accent as I read the blessing aloud and as his verses filled the space, the lump in my throat came by surprise. In that moment, I was brought to tears by the quiet holiness of possibility. It is a holy thing to stand in a space that bursts with all the trappings of the possible. As Christians, we claim the sacredness of possibility. Indeed, we understand it to be at the very heart of the gospel. This understanding enables us to listen carefully and thoughtfully. When a friend asks of us, is there hope for me? Can I be made new? Can I walk in a new way? Can new life spring up from this dark place? when we hear these questions or when we ask them ourselves. Our faith grounds us in the unequivocal yes of God to each. In the crucified and risen one, the holy possibility of God's love is revealed to all creation. Possibility, as O'Donohue would say, in our work most especially, but also in our lives possibility in our faith, possibility in our marriages, in our service, in our parenting, in our relationships with our children, with our parents, with our classmates and with our partners, even with strangers. The possibilities of love amongst the powers and principalities of our time the possibilities of love against beliefs that threaten and systems that oppress, the possibilities for our city, for our state, for our nation, for our world, and even perhaps most especially for our church. The possibility of love is this, everything can be made new. Every single one of us, indeed, all of creation can be made new, everything. Nothing left out. So hear this, church. The world needs people who believe in the holy possibilities of love. I need it. You need it. Our neighbors need it. Indeed, the world needs it. 
This morning we begin a new season in the life and ministries of Idlewild Presbyterian Church. And on this morning we claim together, beloved, that this new season holds within it all the holy possibilities of the love of God. As those who dare to claim the name of Christ Jesus, our calling then is to marvel at the breadth of that love. To be inspired by its length, to be humbled by its height, and to plumb its depth. And then to invite others to do the same. Beloved, this this morning, may we receive Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus as his prayer for each of us and for Idlewild Presbyterian Church. And may we receive a blessing for our work together. May God allow this new work to excite our hearts. May God kindle in our minds creativity to journey beyond the old limits. May God challenge us toward new frontiers when we speak of the full force and depth of our undiscovered gifts, may we comprehend with all the saints that we are indeed speaking of the very Spirit of God that dwells within us. May our work fit the rhythms of our collective soul. May we be holy vessels of new ideas and of a vision that will inspire. And above all, beloved, may we recognize holiness hidden quietly in the possibilities of love. May it be so for each of us and for the church of Jesus Christ this day and always. Amen.